Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue on today with our study in the Book of Acts. On our previous study, we began looking at the opening verses of chapter 13, which brings us to the final section of this book, and noted that it was the church in Antioch that had the vision for missions. They were the first church to officially set aside missionaries for the purpose of taking God's word out to the ends of the earth. So today, Pastor Harder is going to share some additional insight on the city of Antioch and on the mindset of the people living there.
Now here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. God works in different ways his wonders to perform. He chose a paganized, multicultured center, Antioch, from which to penetrate the rest of the Mediterranean world and the West with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This radio program is called What's New. We chose it because so much has been and is being discovered by archaeologists that relates to the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, that we wanted to share that with our listeners, information that is often not accessible to the general public, information that helps us to understand God's Word better. Much of that would be new, so what's new was born. Excavations began at the city of Antioch on the Orontes, 300 miles north of Jerusalem, in 1932 by the Princeton University, together with several other museums. Several volumes were published about the work there. Excavators found the location of the circus, one of the largest in the Roman Empire. They located the Acropolis on a high hill nearby, also numerous baths, cemeteries, and a stadium. Among the most interesting are the beautiful mosaic tiled floors dating from the time of the New Testament to the 6th century. Several of these mosaic scenes deal with the cult of Isis called the Queen of Heaven. One mosaic, now in the Louvre in Paris, France, measures 40 feet long and 33 feet wide. It's a striking piece of art. It pictures Phoenix, the bird god, that would allow itself to be burned on a funeral pyre so that it could rise from its ashes. Here was a pagan idea of the resurrection. Paganism had its belief in and hope of a resurrection long before Jesus arose. Evidently, Christianity made an impact on Antioch and on paganism. In 1910, some workmen were digging a well and found a silver cup. In 1916, it was reported in the American Journal of Archaeology that the engraved figures on the outer cup represented the earliest portraits of Christ and the disciples and that it dated to the first century. There was an inner cup. It didn't take long for someone to conclude that that inner cup was the original communion cup Christ and the apostles used. That was an exciting, sensational claim, to say the least. Christ's own communion cup was found 300 miles north of Jerusalem at Antioch. A great deal of literature on the subject soon appeared. Such conclusions, of course, were extravagant, to say the least. In fact, some scholars now believe that the chalice belongs not to the first century, but somewhere between the second and the sixth. It's interesting to observe how humans grasp for the unusual, sensational, and spectacular. What looks like the shadow of the Virgin Mary on a house draws worldwide attention, or the Shroud of Turin, or in this case, the Communion Cup of Jesus. It seems that man wants some unusual, miraculous proof that Jesus was really here, and that accounts of the Bible are really true. If only we could find a piece of wood from his cross. If only we could find the right tomb, or the shroud in which he was wrapped, or his communion cup, or Noah's ark, then we would believe. Perhaps God providentially removes these things or hides them from us. He wants us to be shut up to faith, 
He wants us to believe him. Simple faith and simple trust in his words pleases God most. Let's not postpone faith until some unusual proof comes along. Furthermore, perhaps God keeps those things from us lest we worship them instead of our Lord. Of course man would worship those things. Man has throughout history worshipped what were supposedly sacred objects and places. Why does man always build worship shrines over them? How much do we have to see in order to believe? Why isn't the record of the Bible sufficient? It's all there. Coming back to the city of Antioch. Here where the Occident and the Orient met, where religions and cultures were mixed, here in this corrupt, immoral city which polluted even Rome, here the gospel took hold among Gentiles. The gospel has the power to transcend cultural and ethnic differences. Even the moral perversion doesn't stop it. This church founded in this polluted atmosphere of Antioch would become the sponsoring church of those in Asia Minor and Europe, in fact, of the entire Western Hemisphere. Such was the church in that great city on the Orontes River, east, across the water from the island of Cyprus. I say again, interesting, why God should choose a paganized, immoral, multicultured center from which to penetrate the rest of the Mediterranean world and the West with the good news of Jesus Christ. If the gospel could take hold and clean up the pagans of Antioch, then it could clean up anyone, anywhere. The church there grew and would soon reach west beyond its shores with a message of Christ's love for the lost. Thank you. 
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.